0: amanda
1: Hi, Mike. How
0: are you? Doing well. How are you?
1: Good. Good.
0: How you
1: good. It's so good to see you.
0: I know. A long time no see. Have you been? Doing well. um yeah. Just uh finishing the yoga teacher training a couple months ago, so in the process of uh, working my way into teaching more classes and still doing that kind of stuff, but same old.
1: That's awesome. It's are you in the mentorship program? I thought I I saw a picture of you. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Crushing it. You're crushing it. How are you feeling? Are you feeling more comfortable?
0: I'm definitely feeling more comfortable, but um I'm I still get in my head sometimes with cueing and action body part wear, stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. uh I I think that'll just come over time and like the more reps I get in and the more classes I teach. So I'm trying to just trust that process.
1: Absolutely. I know. What, what is, there's that saying, and I'm sure Larissa's has probably already said it in training, show up and let yourself be messy to shine. You have yes. to be messy to shine. Like it's so true. Yes. Because, because I've been teaching, you know, a few, like five years now. So like, and just, it's, it is, it's like a well-oiled machine. The more you practice it, the more it's yeah, the easier. I'm
0: realizing that that's the biggest thing in all learning. It's just, even, even with my students Mm -hmm. in school um, Mm -hmm. today, I was telling them, I was trying to take that lesson, honestly, that I'm learning in yoga teacher training at, at this current moment. And I was telling them, you know, when you're writing, especially when we're writing in class and it's like a rough draft or something, take the chance Mm -hmm. to get a little bit messy now before you're publishing, like, you know, your final piece. So that that's Mm -hmm. honestly one of the greatest lessons that I've learned from the yoga teacher training and just um, yoga in general. So I'm I'm thankful that I'm learning that again at my age um, mm-hmm. so that I can help kids apply it and continue to apply it to my own life. So it's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Oh, I love hearing you say that. It's so refreshing too, because I, I think, you know, right, I've been doing some work with hosting and I'm working with hosting coaches.
2: Right.
1: So through that, my hosting coach actually flips just showed me something that we say all the time as yoga teachers, right? It's practice, right? We're not there for perfect. We're there for practice. So I'm sitting in a session with my hosting coach because I get in my head about hosting because I love it so much. And what do I want to do? I want to be a certain way. I want to be good. I want to, you know, I want people to enjoy connecting with me and listening to me and spending time with me. And she said to me, well, why don't you just see your next job or your next experience as practice. And I, I just like stopped for a moment, took a deep breath. And I was like, wait a second, this is exactly what I teach all my yoga students. Why do I not take this on? And my husband constantly calls me out on it. He's like, listen to your, he's like, maybe you should record yourself teaching and then listen (laughs) to your own lessons.
0: (laughs) Yes. Isn't it crazy that we could do or understand something in one facet of life and then it's hard to apply it to others? Mm
2: -hmm. So it's
0: so true. So Mm -hmm. even even like with you hosting as soon, so I don't know why I thought that you had a podcast forever because I feel like I saw videos of you that you shared on Instagram, maybe of you co-hosting a podcast. So I just assumed that that was yours, but I didn't realize that you do TV shows, game shows and different events and stuff like that. So I I didn't even realize that hosting itself was that broad of a thing. And, um, I could see how after doing some research and just like, you know, learning a little bit more, I could see how different it is per, you know, I guess specific event or, you know, specific genre that you're working with. So how did you first get into hosting? Because even me now hosting the show or, you know, um, I guess like holding space for conversation. We do that in yoga as yoga teachers, too. So now I'm trying to view myself a little bit as a host. So that got me pretty excited to talk with you and pick your brain a little bit about that, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, You are a host. You absolutely (laughs) are. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So I started hosting, believe it or not, when I first graduated college. Okay. I was like 21 years old. I met um, Al Albanese. Who has Eight Days Productions? It's called, and he puts he hosts like events. Uh, there were some parades, political things. Uh, there were car shows, and that's how I started. He he knew a friend of mine. She was hosting. She asked me if I wanted to do, it, and I thought, oh wow, that looks like fun. Why not? Like, just, I'll, did I'll.
0: you ever want to do it before that, or
1: not? Not really. But I was always in the arts. I was always in creative industries, so I was always. In theater. So I was right. like on stage performing. Um, I modeled when I was younger. So it was just kind of like the next thing. I was like, all right, that sounds like fun. I'll I'll try that out. So he produces shows for cable TV. So I started doing that when I was like 19. And then I always wanted to work in television production. So from there, I got I wound up getting a job with the Montel Williams show through a friend of mine at dancing school. So I was always in television. Then from there, I worked for Sony Television. Then I worked for NBC, the Wendy Williams show for a little while. Nice. Yeah. So once, unfortunately, I got laid off from Wendy. And right there, it was like at one of those crossroads in life. So I decided, you know, it's up to me as to what I want to do. Do I want to stay? And they they, they had actually offered me an opportunity to move over to the production side because I was production management. And it was, I was thinking about this, actually th- thinking about like, oh, what should I talk to what's what's Mike gonna ask me? You know, what should yeah. I talk to him about? <laughs> so um this I was thinking about this earlier and it was like a crossroads for me because I decided right then that I didn't I didn't want to go over to the production side. It was kind of like a demotion what they were offering me. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I said, you know what? I think I wanna take a layoff. And I was just engaged. We were planning a wedding. I had just bought a condo. So I had all these financial obligations and I don't know what was in me. And I just decided to leave. I freaked out, went home. My husband, Chris was like, you know what? He said, you always wanted to act. He's like, you always wanted to perform. He said, why don't you take this as an opportunity to see this as a crossroads? It's a huge change. Because either I could have went back and got another job because when working in television production, it's not a nine to five job. You're working 12, 13 hours a day. It's It can be really stressful. We were going live with Wendy. We had to be in the offices by 7 a.m. for our morning meeting. She went live at 10. Then you were doing the work after that to prep for the next show, for the next day. Right. So there were days I would leave at six, seven o'clock at night. So working a 12-hour day, And one of my coworkers once said to me, he goes, oh, half day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> it was tough. It was hard to have a relationship, you know, and yeah. have the whole those kind of hours. So go, sorry, I got off. No, okay. So Chris said to me, you know what, use this as an opportunity. He's like, why don't you just go back to school? He's like, start kind of doing the research, start experiencing things. See if, you know, this is really what you want to continue doing moving forward. So I did. I went back to school. I got another so I have, I have a double bachelor's now cause I went back for, um, theater. So nice. I did that. I, they applied all my old credits from going to, you know, with communications the first time. So I only had to go for two years for that. Then I just started acting. I threw myself into it. I was doing ah. a lot of theater. I started auditioning. Um, I was still hosting with, with Al. I was still doing the hosting. And then like hosting opportunities would show up here and there constantly so i had i feel like everything i did started to like i don't know, connect where it it all kind of worked together without me realizing it so it was like right. life was life was practice for me and things were showing up that were helping me to become a better host throughout the course of my life then i co-hosted a sports podcast with a bunch of guys that might be what you saw i, think, I did
0: uh, i think it, yeah. i think i saw uh, one podcast with a couple guys, I forget what it was about. But then I saw another one with a woman or two, and I forget what the topic was. But it seemed like, um, I, I forget, yeah, I forget what the topic was, but I think I've seen both.
1: Yeah, so that that was probably all Inspire, where I yes. actually interviewed Brittany for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she was on it, which was so great. She's so she's so awesome. So much fun to be able to chat with and connect with and she's so open and you know willing to really share all of herself which I love and I think that's where the hosting for me is really exciting because like you I'm really curious I'm like naturally curious yeah and I feel like everybody has a story yes and sometimes within them you can see something that connects to your own life and then you're like wait a second I know what she's talking about I totally get that you know I feel that sense of connection to her but so it's interesting for me the health the kind of the health and wellness journey that kind of started to come out of that as well was because right. uh being in 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 um in that space where i was acting and auditioning and constantly being judged you know, not knowing where the next job was gonna come from is very unstable as you're Um, probably sure well aware. You don't, you never know, like you could be working, 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 and then, you know, the job's over, then you're like, hey, where's the next gig? You know, I gotta, what can I do next? What can I do next? So it felt really unstable. And I'm somebody who, I don't wanna, I'm very type A. I like, I like to be, to know sometimes what the next (laughs) thing is, as much as I don't, as much as i like to be a creative and I like to be free, I'm like people, like I definitely would have been a hippie. Like if I was <laughs> alive in the I, 60s. I think the same thing, yeah. Of you or of me. Yeah,
0: no, I think the same thing of me too. That's yeah. funny.
1: That's great. <laughs> so I like I'm definitely like free, free love and free flowing, but there's still a part of me that wants the balance. It's probably the Libra in me. I'm always looking for balance. It's so funny. Like yeah. and balance, like the equanimity in our practice is my favorite part of the practice because I'm always yes. looking for it. it's funny. It just shows up everywhere. So because of the instability of the acting, I started to struggle with anxiety and I had never struggled with that. I was starting to lash out at my poor Chris. My poor husband was getting the brunt of it because he's, you know, the closest person to me. Right. Um, I didn't know what to do. I had, right at that time, also my father had passed away. We, we had just gotten, we'd gotten married nine months before. Nine months later, my father passed away we moved back to Staten Island. islands it was like this whole big transition time and i ended up going for a walk one day having a panic attack wow. i called my my mom my mom had struggled with panic attacks now i'm in my 30s you know and i never experienced any of this before so it was surprising to me that as i got older because when i was younger like you know Whoa, who cares you know you everything's fine kind of stuff. right yeah. because you don't have that type of responsibility on your shoulders so I, from that panic attack, i called my mom and she was like, go outside, go walk, go breathe. Mm. And she calmed me down. A few weeks later, I walked into my first yoga class in years.
0: Wow. It was
1: at, it was at Bay and she, Larissa was doing a 40 day yoga challenge.
0: That's perfect. Yeah,
1: I, I saw the the posting on the counter. I said, I, I, I believe it was Larissa. I said to Larissa, I said, cause I had known Larissa f- from high school. Wow. So then it was like bumping into her again all these years later, because we, we were always like, kind of would see each other here and there, you know, around the islands, small. But walking into her studio, there was such a there's such an energy there. You, you probably amazing, you know, right?
0: Amazing it's, energy.
1: It's, it's this incredible energy. It's like speaks to you. I don't know what it is like engulfs it's, you. It's, it's, that, like,
0: it's like infectious.
1: It really is. It's it's that sense of community, which you were talking about. In one of your past podcast episodes, yes. I think what Larissa possibly, yeah. you were talking about like the building of the community. It's that community feeling. It's, it doesn't matter how long it's been since you've been there. You're always so welcome. Yeah. Everybody, everybody there is excited to see you, even if they haven't seen you in weeks. It's, it's so great. It's amazing. So, yeah. So I felt that energy it, within the walls. So I said to Larissa, I said, I'm struggling I don't know what I need. I need a change. I need something. I said, I'm thinking of doing this 40-day challenge. Can you tell me more about it? She told me a little bit about it. And she said, you know, man, if you're thinking about doing it, you probably should. Mm. And this is this is going to sound crazy. But I started to cry. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I think I felt seen maybe for yeah. the first time in a very long time. And I knew at that point in my in my marriage that if I didn't find something, that I would have ended up divorced. Yeah. Because it was all like anytime Chris would give me feedback, and Chris is very open. He's very loving, very caring, really does whatever he can to keep pushing me forward. I feel like he's a yogi without, <laughs> he doesn't do yoga though, but he's like, he's like very yogic he, in his like philosophy. Living, but he
0: also, like this, like kind yeah,
1: of, because he's very into philosophy, uh, he loves Alan Watts, Terrence McKenna, he's very open minded. And I know you love Alan Watts yeah. too. Yeah so um yeah. he has he has all that mindset going on. So he would just be giving me positive feedback, I would immediately become reactive, immediately defensive. I wasn't open to receiving anything he was saying. So I knew something had to change. So fr- the 40 day challenge was when everything changed for me. That wow. was it. And I don't I don't want to sound like um what's the word I'm looking for? cliché I guess, but it really did change my life.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, every person I've talked to, so now I haven't done a 40 day uh, program with B or um, with Larissa, but everyone that I've talked to that's done it said that they've had an amazing experience uh, <clears throat> similar to yours. Um, so now what do you think it was about that program specifically? Or what do you think you figured out or became aware of throughout that time?
1: Presence mm. is exactly where awareness. I became aware. I was starting to practice the pause, right? So the pause of the practice that we we do. And I became so present to the way that I was showing up in my relationships, in my marriage, specifically with my mother. Like mm. so you start to do this inquiry work and you start, I mean, you've probably done it in the, the teacher yeah. training. You do this unpacking and you start to see all the rocks you're carrying and all, all the um the unnecessary weight and the conditioning, right? mm. because because these things come up from when we're when we're younger. We don't we don't mean to carry them with us our whole lives. But sometimes, like I don't want to put that on anybody else who's listening, like any of your listeners right now. I don't want to say, oh, you're carrying this, but <laughs> I was, you know, I was carrying this. And the more I got became aware and present, the more I realized that the way that I was showing up wasn't the way that I wanted to be.
2: Right.
1: So it was in within that awareness, I had the choice. Am I going to react to what life throws at me or am I going to respond? Mm. And is is it a practice? Absolutely. Like I can say, "Oh, I'm a yo- I'm a yoga instructor." Yes, but I live the practice. So, did I ha- did I freak out this morning? Actually, this morning I freaked out because we just my husband and I are looking at houses and we we did put it yeah, we, it's, it's 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 like this huge decision, but but even he was like, "You're putting so much pressure on the decision." He's like, "It's okay." you know, but I, did I freak out this morning? Yes. Did I need to like, he's like, do what you do in yoga. He's like, I to support, Amanda. even my brother, I was with my brother yesterday because my sister-in-law is actually our realtor. Okay, cool. So we were at, we were at their house yesterday. And my brother goes, aren't you a yoga instructor? Why aren't you some of your, use <laughs> you some of your Zen, Amanda, you know,
0: pull some of that Zen out. Yeah.
1: Go meditate or something, you know?
0: Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it so, I'm sorry if
1: I got if I got no, all no no. Topic, no, I,
0: I no, I want you to explain as much of that as you can because I can relate to it so much. And I think so many people can, even if they've never done yoga, or I think a lot of people can relate to that lack of presence and and they don't realize it until they do become aware and until they do become present in that moment. Um, sometimes it it kind of blows my mind that I've you know lived so long without being present or without being aware. And it kind of took like, you know, one or two conversations that really like created that spark. And then like you said, it was then on me to make the choice to practice it because it's not like once you become aware um, that it's like a, you know, it's something that you never have to work on again. Um, I remember when I kind of became aware of what you're talking about was just a conversation with one of Brit's coworkers when she was working on a cruise ship. And, uh, he came back to Brit's room and we were just talking and we had a couple beers and it was such a long conversation that Brit ended up falling asleep. And then him and I are just going back and forth for hours. And then that aha moment for me was when he said, Mike, you're not your thoughts. And that was the first time anyone ever said that to me. And that stopped me in my tracks, completely made time stood like stand still and then that was the first time ever that I was realizing that I'm the observer of my thoughts and that I, I'm not my emotions. So from that moment on, I really created my practice of, you know, trying to become more aware and in the moment. Um, And, and that's why when you're talking about it, I, I want to hear as much as you have to share because I think this kind of stuff is great for people to hear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as a host, one of the most important things you can do is be present.
0: And and that's, that's what I was going to touch on because you as a host, you probably had to be present before that, right? Like before you even had that aha moment, mm-hmm. so you probably knew what the feeling was, but I'm sure that you got even better at it or more in tune um, after that moment, right?
1: Yeah. Cause now, now, because I have the awareness around the presence at, and- it gave it gives me access to connection, and co- as a host, connection is like my biggest tenant, right? I love connecting with people. That's why I love hosting. I right. love sharing people's stories. I just love. I literally, I'm the weirdo. That's in. I went to the to the res- to a restaurant. We went down to the Jersey Shore. I'm talking to this woman in the restaurant. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to know everything about her. <laughs> like, t- tell me more. Like, I do this all the time. My mother in law thinks it's hysterical because everybody, she's like, everybody just talks to you. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's the presence, maybe it's the openness. I don't know. But I love hearing people's stories. So I wound up getting an hour and a half pedicure the other day because the <laughs> owner of the salon told me her whole story. But I like I loved learning Neither. about her. Um she's she told me all about like how she traveled here from Korea, you know, and her she she did it by herself. She didn't know the language. She had a three-year-old daughter with her. Her husband was working all the time. It's like so
0: fascinating,
1: it, right? And then you become so enamored with these people and you're like, wow, you, know, you wouldn't know any, you wouldn't know these people's stories. You just see people on the street all the time and everybody has something to share. Everybody has something to offer. You know, I, that's that's I, why I, I love doing that all it. The
0: time. Uh, I, I tell people that I, I used to be a fan of, you know, some celebrities and there are some celebrities that I'm still a fan of, but I'm becoming more of a fan of everyday people that you meet more than more than anyone, just that random person that you get to talk with, that you hear their story, because you're right, everyone does have a story. And I can relate to you a lot with what you said, where, you know, people just end up talking with you about anything and everything. Um, I was telling Britt recently, that, you know, uh, you know, even people, some people in our cast, or, you know, some people that I'll meet on the street or in a restaurant somewhere, same thing, they'll end up within two, three minutes of just talking with me or being in the same circle, telling me things that I could tell that they haven't told anyone in, you know, years, or I could feel how vulnerable they're getting in that moment. The second I just say to myself, okay, this person needs to be listened to, or, you know, this person has something to share. And I'm not thinking about something to say back, or I'm not thinking about a response back. And I'm literally just like we've learned in yoga, just holding the space and, you know, creating a a place for people to express and be, um, you see people unfold in, in ways that's amazing and they weren't really prepared to sometimes. And then they'll apologize for maybe opening up too much. And then I'll reassure them that, no, I love talking about this stuff. So it's telling me even more that people need to be listened to, or, you know, there, there needs to be someone that is willing to listen. So I, I totally can relate a ton to what you're saying.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a gift.
0: I, I you, I, I I I'm you. trying to believe, I'm trying to believe yeah. that. So I'm trying to realize that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel it right now. I feel like you're so open to receiving everything I'm saying. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love conversation. That's, that's really why I started the podcast. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, I'm, I'm curious about ev- almost anything and everything. I feel like I could live 10 lives and not really tackle everything that my curiosity is pulling me towards so that's why i have to actively like you know block things block certain things out or you know keep my focus because um you know i could rattle off 20 things that i feel like i could make a career out of if i really had the time so that's why when i was thinking about okay what do i have to do with this urge to have conversation and i've been listening to podcasts for like 10 years so then eventually someone on twitter reached out to me who had a podcast and he said hey i I love what you're, I love what you share. I love your story. Um, Would you be willing to work with me as your coach to create a podcast? And I just viewed that as like, you know, a sign from the heavens. I'm like, all right, I have to take this opportunity, even though I'm terrified to host like you, like, like you're doing um, and just holding that space. But it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. I I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah. Well, I love your podcast, so it's working (laughs) out. I'm a fan. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So, thank
0: you. so after your 40 day, you had that aha moment, you became aware more of the present moment, and now you're still working as a host, like you said, right? Like you're still getting some jobs doing that kind of stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I'm like, where, where were you there? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did the 40 day, I did a 28 day, then I went right into teacher training.
0: I was going to say, um, did you go right into teacher training. Yeah. Right
2: hmm. Okay.
1: So but but you're asking me at the point of the 40 day was I hosting or yeah.
0: like like were you yeah. still working as a host throughout that yeah, time? So
1: at at the point of the 40 day, I got a lot more into acting. Okay. And what you were saying about awareness and presence actually started to influence the characters I was playing.
0: I was gonna ask and that I had to... so how did that stuff influence what you were doing?
1: I wasn't getting it. I was, I was in an acting class in the city. Oh my God. It was such, it's called the Angels Actors. Like it, it was just a workshop that I was doing. So amazing. But I wasn't getting it. Like I wasn't getting the character. I just wasn't getting it. I did the 40 day. I remember I was doing the fruit cleanse, the fruit feast, we call it. So I was actually going into the city, eating my fruit, doing like working with my, my, part, my scene partner. And I, was, I was playing Nora in a doll's house. Cool. So it's a very, she's a very strong character. Right? She's like this woman that's leaving her family in the 40s. Like that was unheard of. Right. They're, so I, we had like this black, this, this like blackout theater in the city where we would, where we would do the the scenes in front of the whole class. It was a really safe space. I felt so safe to explore. My acting coach started really, Karen Giordano is her name. She's awesome. She's kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And it wasn't until that 40 day that I actually was able to become so present in the character that I didn't like, nobody was there. Nobody was in the space. I was literally just receiving. It was, I like broke down on stage. That right. had never happened to me before the, the emotion came naturally. I wasn't trying. Wow. It just happens. I, and there was a, a, a young, a young man who was, for the first time he was observing the class, he was moved to tears and he pulled me over after class. And he was like, that was so profound, so incredible. And I didn't know what it was. And then afterwards I was like, oh, I was just present. Wow. I was So present in that moment that the character came to life. I wasn't really doing anything. I felt like I wasn't doing anything.
0: That's so cool though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then- so then was it easier to apply that in your everyday life, like, you know, when you start to feel more anxious or did that still take some time to, I guess, get better at?
1: I, I think it's it took time, but I was able to catch myself quicker when I wasn't when, like, I was getting caught in my thoughts. I'm like, whoop, you know, there's the, you know, like Pema Chodron says, yeah. there's the Shenpa, there's my hook. And I was getting hooked every time my agent would call me with an audition, I was immediately like, the heart's racing. Like, oh no, I have to <laughs> stop prepping for my audition. Where do I have to go? What do I have to do? Cause then it's like, oh, I got to catch the express bus. I have to make sure my hair's done, my makeup's done. Where's my outfit? I've summarized my lines and it w- immediately hooked me. And the thing that would counteract that because I'm always looking for balance, even with that I saw how the acting was so unstable for me and it would it would hook me. I would go I would go to yoga. I was like, mm-hmm. I need a class. I need to go to yoga. And that was when I so I was doing both both sides of the coin. I always looking for the balance.
0: I would say I, I end up doing that too. I end up I, th- I think because naturally, I'm kind of anxious too, or just my mind is always running a million miles an hour. So I think that's why I've fallen in love with yoga even before I understood, like, you know, the connection with breath and being present. I think I just loved how I felt afterwards. It was kind of where I always. Made my yoga practice more down regulating, I think because um, I always appreciated like a good power class, and I would I would eventually you know get a good workout, especially once I learned the poses. But like you're saying, I definitely first loved yoga for that down regulation feeling, especially at the end with Shavasana. Um, I I I didn't realize before yoga that I never gave my chance myself a chance to actually be still. And, you know, just to rest and that that's okay. And to give myself that moment, because one of my challenges before that was always basing my worth on my productivity, and like, you know, how productive I felt I, I was. And then sometimes I would just be busy and not really be productive. And that was, I think, like my ego's way of, I guess, like, you know, tr- I don't know, I guess trying to stay, stay, Validated, like I don't, I don't even know, but I started to realize that I never actually gave myself a chance just to sit still and try to be present with the moment and to rest. Um, so I think that's how I fell in love with yoga too, because I needed that balance because my brain was always going a million miles
1: an hour. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel called out right now. (laughs) I'm like, I want to hide for a second because no, because like I so. I recently, like, I work with clients, right? I'm coaching clients. I have my own business also. I'm a right. nutrition coach, like, you know, and you always teach private clients as well. And when I first launched the business, that was where I was. Mm. I was just working all the time. I was like, oh, if I'm not doing something, something's wrong. I right. can't, I have to be, I always have to be busy. I always have to be doing something. How else am I going to get my clients? <laughs> and it's, it, I think it's, it's hard, right? When you're working for yourself as an entrepreneur, you feel like you should always be busy. Right. So I do sometimes have to call myself out and I'm like, okay, you can't always be working all the time. Right. Cause I work from home too. So there's no real hours. Right. Right. And like, I want to make sure that I always want to make sure I'm available for my clients, which I, I am like, I have, you know, you can have access to me all the time. I have VIP clients, things like that. But for the most part, they're more respectful of my time than I am of my own right. time. So yes. like that, that's something I had to learn too you know like my clients teach me more than I ever teach them I feel like you know I learned it's so cool
0: so now how did you get into nutrition or when did you decide to start going into nutrition was it like you know your own health journey like after yoga teacher training and stuff like that like you just got more interested in food and how that affects us
1: yeah so during the 40 day we I became a pescatarian Mm. And cut out sugar. And I just felt so strong physically. I never felt so strong. Cause I always went to the gym and worked out, but I never had like the muscle like real muscle. Like you have like the surface muscle, which is which is great. It's nice. You know, it's nice to look at, but I felt like my core was like pulling in. Like I felt I felt like physically strong. And I have a lie. If any like if anybody's ever done that inquiry work. The, some people will understand that there's like lies that we tell about ourselves. And one of my, one of my lies comes from childhood that I am not strong. Mm. That's one that I uncovered while driving Once I started just crying while I was driving. I was like, <laughs> I was on my way to Marietta's class. I don't know. I was driving on father Capitano driving to the studio. And all of a sudden I have a huge breakthrough and I'm like, I know where this lie came from. And I start crying. Wow. I'm like, okay, it happens right when you're in the world. Yeah. It happens. It happens, but um so like feeling really strong in the 40 day, I felt like it had a lot to do with changing my nutrition, changing my diet. Mm. I I just felt lighter and better. So I never I never went back after the 40 day.
0: Wow. To, so I you, never
1: went back to go ahead.
0: So you stayed a pescatarian since then. And that pesc yeah. that's uh fish, right? That's yeah, um, fish, eggs, eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I just,
1: just not, just not me. But, um, that's when I, I don't know. I just since that '40s, I never felt better physically, emotionally. Wow. That was when my own health journey started. But because I'm very Type A and I like control, for me it did backfire a little bit because I was going to the gym after the 40 day, I started teacher training. I was practicing yoga constantly and I wasn't replacing my calories enough. So there was a really nice trainer at the gym who said to me, you have one of those apps on your phone. Maybe you should track your calories just for a little while to make sure that you're replacing it enough. Right. For some people, which I've learned tracking does not work. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. There are people that it's wonderful for, right? I have clients that it works for wonderfully. And then there are clients that don't want to track. And that's like, that's okay. Because for me, because I'm type A and that control came up, it backfired for me. How and so? I, be- I started to play the game with the numbers. I was like, Oh, if I don't, if I don't, I have 1600 calories today if I don't get up to 2000 calories today if I don't get up to 1800 calories today,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I, and I don't want to say this comes from the fact that you know I want to say oh it's my mom's fault like I don't want to say that but my my mother did struggle with her weight her like when she was younger she oh. was she was teased you know she was made fun of and I realize now that there were things that she was saying that that made my relationship with food maybe a little bit not so healthy which happens right it's okay it's not her fault i love my mom my mom is my best friend yeah. she's done a wonderful job raising me you know but she was she was raised with there are these there are these things you start looking back and sometimes uh-huh. you become aware of like an unhealthy relationship with food that you might have had when you were you know on your way like oh i shouldn't eat this i should eat this and then there's the labeling this is good food this is bad food we don't mm-hmm. mean to like we I still catch myself doing it all the time. But because of that, I felt so good with the 40 day food. And with the tracking that I actually, I triggered orthorexia in myself. I was terrified. I was I was afraid of eating sugars. I was afraid of eating anything that I deemed you can't have that, you know, like cupcakes or anything sweet. So it was I was not balanced. Mm. I, I lost so much. I lost weight quickly, unintentionally. And then I was playing the game to keep it off. Right. But it was, and it's so interesting because I was never somebody who struggled really with, I was never really, you know, overweight or anything like that, but becoming health conscious and having that lack of control in other areas of my life made me feel like, oh, I can control something. Look at this. I can control everything in this respect. So unfortunately, I went at my... Lightest weight, I think I was like 109 pounds, and I'm five six. Wow, it's it's light. My BMI, I was under the BMI. I, I had um, I hadn't had my period for like a year and a half. Right. You know, so the yoga got me present to the way that I was not feeding my body. So I did another 40 day challenge. Wow, nice. That that 40 day challenge was when I went back and started gaining weight decided i want to help other people mm. because i because I, I i i felt like i kind of i don't want to say i found the balance because i'm still looking for the balance every day right i'm still in the work but i feel so strong and so good and i love what health and wellness can offer you in your life what mindfulness can offer you and that's the way that i coach my clients i use these mindful acti- mindful tools and activities because it's the presence in my life and the awareness that helped me to make the changes that I wanted to change, like that I wanted to have happen, right? And start to create those habits. So I use this when I coach my clients. I use meditation. I use breath work. I use yoga mm. in their coaching with the nutrition. So it's all combined.
0: And and I love what you said about your relationship with food. That, that's that been one of the bigger Things that I learned when I lost, I, uh, when I was, I think, 25, um, I got up to be 240 pounds. And then I eventually just said to myself one day that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then Mm. over the span of a year and a half, I ended up losing 80 pounds. Um, and then it wasn't until then that I realized that I had a bad relationship with food before then and that I used it for comfort or to soothe. Um, Mm -hmm just as like, you know, an emotional crutch. And that's why what you're talking about now, it even helps me make sense of what I've been through and still going through our, we don't realize that we do have a relationship with food. Um, and I think me even messing around with fasting, intermittent fasting, I think that helped me to create some space between me and what I was consuming just for me to even like, you know, make sense of it a little bit more. So, um, I think that that's awesome that you work with your clients and try to work on their relationship with food and try to figure out what works with them. Cause that's the most important thing. I feel like that mm-hmm. helps empower them to make better decisions for themselves over time. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that goes right into the awareness and the presence that you're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we, I feel like everybody has a relationship with food. We maybe without even being aware of it. Right you know so i like i like to do some of that work and and i'll be like completely transparent i tell my like i when whenever i'm on like a discovery call with somebody i tell them there might be things that i say that might trigger you
2: mm.
1: you know like i'm not just going to tell you oh like i don't just say eat this eat this eat this and then you'll lose weight like we we do real work to unpack like you know to find out like maybe the why behind sometimes self-sabotaging behaviors and roadblocks to reaching goals,
2: Mm.
1: you know, like, and one of my clients just the other day, she sent me a text message. She was, she was away with a bunch of her friends and didn't realize that sometimes being with other people can impact the way that you eat. And we had a whole conversation around that in her coaching call right before she went away. And then she went away and she texted me. She goes, Amanda, (laughs) you can't believe what just happened. And like that, that lights me up you know, yes. like being able to share what I learned to help to impact somebody's life. Like that, these are huge breakthroughs that I I'm lucky enough to share. Like, I feel so lucky to be able to, because, because for me, this is a lifestyle. Yeah. Right, And that's what I like. I want to, sh- I want to teach clients that too. It's not a diet. Right. Because I feel like even the word diet, like it's,
0: it has a like, bad connotation.
1: Yes. Yes. And like, the, I don't believe diets work. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, you got to find that balance. And uh, right. So like, even in my own life, I'm finding the balance every day. So like with me, there's not going to be prepared foods. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just a whole food focused coach that say so we're going to do everything we can to get you the foods into your body that are nourishing you, you know, calorie for calorie, you know?
0: So now even, even with that, I, I saw, um, or just even thinking about us as yoga teachers or working as yoga teachers, something that we learn is that every body is unique. So I'm sure that you probably take that same approach when talking with people about nutrition too, right?
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: That's something that I'm trying to even make sense of because I've been someone who has like, you know, judged food as good or bad or labeled food as good or bad. And I've, I've, I guess, cast that judgment on someone else. And I've said, oh, you know, don't eat that. That's bad food. Meanwhile, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, who am I to say that that's bad for them? Like, you know, maybe they should eat it, see how they feel or see how it affects their body in some way, shape or form, and then figure it out from there. That's why I feel like that's, uh, it's really important for people to become aware of like you're talking about.
1: That's beautiful. I'm like, I'm actually going to take that because that's a beautiful thing to say to clients. Like when you're working with them, try it. See right. how you feel. Right. Because, because one of my clients just went gluten free. And she told me she just feels better physically for her gluten free works, right? For somebody else, they're not gluten, you know, sensitive, so they don't need to. But for her, she said she she did. And then she ate something when she was away that didn't agree with her. She's like, she's like, and, and my body was like, what is happening right now? So she felt the physical reaction. and now now,
0: even thinking about your journey do you think that you would have been able to be as aware of what was affecting your body you know before maybe you did that first 40-day program where your ability to become present wasn't as strong or wasn't really there yet
1: probably not
0: right Mm and i started to think about how many people are not conscious to what they're consuming and like you know where where some people are like, you know, quick to blame others for, you know, their outcomes. And I get that, but ultimately you can't really make the best choices unless you're aware to what's going on and why. So that, mm-hmm. that's why that 40 day program for you was probably one of the bigger experiences of your life or the more impactful of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. And that 40 day actually pushed me. So with the health and wellness journey, but also it pushed me to realize that it wasn't the acting that I loved as much as the hosting. Mm. It was during the 40 day that I manifested all inspire my YouTube, my first YouTube show. Nice. That was where it started. Larissa was my first guest. Nice. Yeah. And then I just started interviewing people. And that was when I was like, why can't I connect? Cause I never, I never felt like I had all those lies. I'm not good enough. You know, who am I for people to even be interested in what I have to say and what I have to ask? You know, I'm going to look stupid. All that stuff shows up. And it's like, what can we do to get out of our own way? And that's what all this work does. It tells us get out of your own way and show up and do the thing. <laughs> right. And just because I, I, there's a lot of people I feel like in specific industries, too, who I don't want to say everybody does. But I I struggle, too, with imposter syndrome. Right.
0: And I'm like, big time, big time. I, I'm I shocked with that today. And I don't know how to get past it. I'll, I'll hear celebrities talk about it all the time, but imposter syndrome is probably my number one challenge still to this day. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, I feel like, I guess it comes from a feeling of not ever being good enough. And then when I try to figure that out or just dig a little bit deeper in that, I realize that that is one of the things that helped drive me to where i am today and achieve a lot of the things but then i start to think that you know maybe that drive is rooted in fear and i don't know if that's like the best place to to live in or to be coming from because ultimately that fear driven like you know desire is is not going to manifest in the same way that it would if i was just completely present and being okay with not being the best or not being perfect and i always have to kind of dial myself back and think okay just be the best that you could be right now but imposter syndrome is uh, a big one for me too big time
1: mm-hmm. but let let me ask you a question now because if you're present if you're being present and you're doing what you want to be doing do you have time to think about imposter no
0: syndrome? not at all
1: no. not yeah.
0: at all And and one of the biggest lessons that I learned from the yoga teacher training was that you know when I'm when I'm getting anxious and I'm worrying like that, even before teaching a yoga class that I'm making it about myself and I'm missing the fact that it has nothing to do with me. I'm I'm here to serve. I'm here to teach a yoga class. This is about everyone else. This is about the experience. So as soon as I start to realize that that helps me get past it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm still quote unquote in the work with that too, all the time. It's, it's really, I'm, am-
1: I'm amazed to hear that. Yeah. So isn't it so interesting, like whenever somebody tells you, oh, I struggle with imposter syndrome, you're like, what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Even even someone so I heard. so I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. Like Joe Rogan has the number one podcast in the world. He has, I think like 1.2 billion listens a year. And he said that imposter syndrome is his number one challenge. And you hear a guy like that say that, and it makes me think, okay, all right. So there's something to that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'll ever not feel that way or, you know, rid it entirely, but maybe I can reduce the frequency that mm-hmm. it ends up popping up. And like you said, like, you know, maybe I can reduce how strong that hook is over time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at with that too.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. For me, that's almost been like a motivating factor in some ways, because like, I, I have a community of hosts that I, that like I talk to, I like a few hosting networks that I'm in, a lot of them struggle with imposter syndrome, but we just keep showing up anyway. Right. Like, no, you're great. Just keep, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing, you know, keep trying. Yeah,
0: and you can't really listen to it. I'm realizing. Mm-mm. So now how did, how did yoga and then dialing in your nutrition or just becoming more aware of. What you were consuming and and why, how did that presence end up, you know, impacting your hosting over time? Like, you know, after that, over the last, you know, say five years or so.
1: Okay. So I've definitely been throwing myself so much more into hosting and like trying all different things. Like you were saying, I, I do, I do a lot of different right. things with hosting. Um. It also has helped me to become a lot more present during my interviews where I'm really more connected to the person. I get a little more curious about people. I'm not always so worried about, oh, do I look okay? You know, like it's not right. about me, it's about them. It's always about them. And for me, it's always like three like three things. It's presence, connection, and authenticity. Those are like my three tenants when it comes to hosting. Those are three things I always want to have happen when I'm with people.
0: So do you, do you um do you catch yourself trying to over prepare or like what like what level of preparedness do you feel is like good enough, or do you try not to prepare too much? because then does that like you know get you too much in your head? That's stuff that I try to think about now with the podcast too,
1: yeah. so i I was doing live stream shopping. Um, I, I was a host for the past year for a live stream shopping app called lit live. I would prepare these index cards. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was like a, too much. I would have them taped to my ring light. I just started working with another hosting coach. She's, in, she's incredible. Her name is Marissa. Oh, she's amazing. She told me, she's like, you're over preparing. She's like, don't do that. She's like, don't write out all the details and all the stories you want to hit when you're talking about these specific products. She told me what I needed to do was to just bullet point three points. I want to make sure that I hit. Cause I was making myself full scripts, <laughs> because the acting, right, so I'm used to like being scripted. And right. I'm so worried about hitting those that I was talking too quickly. I was losing my breath. I wasn't breathing. I wasn't stopping. I was saying, and, um, a lot because I wasn't just letting myself breathe then go back to what I was saying.
0: That's huge.
1: That's I was huge. Using, yeah.
0: I, I, I even go back and listen to my earlier podcast episodes and I had to edit a lot of ums and, you know, different places where I just wasn't okay with taking a breath, just being in the moment and sitting there for a second and being okay with silence And then it made me compare my teaching in the classroom to then what I'm doing here. And I had to really say like, okay, why, why am I so uncomfortable with this silence? Is it because I see that blinking red light or am I afraid that the other person is going to be uncomfortable with the silence? And if they are, or if they aren't, that's, that's not something that I have to, I guess, feed into, I, I guess, if I just continue to hold that space. And just like you're saying, be authentic and be present. Then it's not going to be awkward. And it's only awkward if I make it awkward. And that so that's something I'm still trying to make sense of now. And that and that level of preparedness, I'm trying to find that sweet spot too. Because everyone that I end up having a conversation with, I'm doing some research on. I'm just like you know trying to learn a little bit more about them before I have them on. Um, but yeah, you're right. If you over prepare then it gets you too much in your head.
1: Yeah, that's what was happening to me. So my, so her advice, my advice too, is have like your bullet points of what you want to hit. Right. But then be willing to throw it out.
0: Right. (laughs) Which is, which is terrifying at first, but you see that if you're, if you're there and you're willing, um, it, it goes just fine every time.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many episodes are you up to anyway? So
0: like, you're uh, killing it. Uh, this will be, I think, 14 or 15.
1: There we go. You're crushing it. Yeah. You're showing up. You're doing and, and it.
0: Even at first, I had I had a goal to do one a week. And then I, I was able to do that, you know, for like the first seven or eight. And then like, you know, I went to go visit Brit and I was traveling with her. And it was just difficult for me to do them on the road and in the hotel room. I didn't always really have a good space to do it. And then I started to get in my head about, you know, setting that expectation at the very beginning, doing one every week, and then I had a hard time not living up to that. But then I had to realize, you know, I'm happy that I just started it. I'm happy that I have this new passion project. I know that I'm going to continue to do it. I have to be a little bit more flexible uh, with, you know, my my expectations. And I don't label that as good or bad anymore. Now I'm just trying to use it as like, you know, kind of like a gym membership. Someone else said that to me recently. That, you know, the podcast for me is really just me exercising my communication skills and connecting with people like you're talking about. And like we learned in yoga teacher training, relating. And that that's really what life is all about, relating and being in relation with. So if I, if I start putting those expectations on it, making it into something that it's not, then it ruins the fun of it all.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. practice. It's all practice. Not practice. That, that,
0: that's all it is. So, so now, uh, you also took your yoga teacher training online and kind of in the office space. I don't know how you would explain it, but or in in the workspace. That's something that I found to be really interesting. So now, explain that a little bit more.
1: Okay, so I work for a company called Breakout IQ. I started working for them during the pandemic about a year ago. I found this post just on online for a virtual event host. They do trivia games and escape rooms for corporate clients who work virtually. So Mm -hmm. it was like a big, they used to be in person before the pandemic. During the pandemic, they had to take everything online, like all the other companies that were affected that way. So I started working for them about a year ago during literally basically a year ago, because it was their holiday season. They would bring on more hosts because they would get a lot more bookings for the holiday season where companies were doing this for their, for their work parties. They have huge clients that, I mean, I hosted events for clients like Nike cool. Wayfair. Yeah. And everybody's so nice and so cool. Come at, some companies are, you know, they send each other, they send their employees food so that they can have a break. They're having, it's basically a Christmas party. They, one right. of them they did, they were wearing the Christmas sweaters. So it's really fun. And i that's something else. I love being able to hold space for people to have a good time and to escape the rat race, even if it's just for an hour. So much fun. We get into really great conversations too throughout it. So we do team building ourselves at, as the members of Breakout IQ, as the staff. We do team building once a month. We would play games, do 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 things together. A few months ago, they knew, everybody knows that I'm also a yoga teacher and a nutrition coach they asked me if I would just do a yoga class for our team building activity for that month. I said, I would be thrilled to, yeah, absolutely. 100%. We did it. They loved it so much that my boss, Dean and I, and Marty, the manager, got, got on the phone and he was like, you know, Amanda, I think this would be really great to help people in, in corporate jobs to reduce stress. He was like, "Would you be willing to, you know, throw me some ideas? Maybe do a brainstorm, pitch something for me." So, you know, I was like, "Why not?" I was like, "This is a great idea." 100%,
2: yeah. I
1: put together a whole pitch patch, a whole pitch package. I was like, "Let's do this! Let's do this!" And then I started to build out this program in collaboration with Larissa. Thank you, Larissa. She helped me work work in some of the stuff that I had done working for her actually, because I had. I had led professional developments in the schools for mm. the teachers, for the leaders, mindfulness trainings for them, which they was really impactful. They thought it was incredible because unfortunately they sat through PDs that were not very fun.
2: Right. Yeah. I
1: mean, you would probably know about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we did an interactive PD where they did breath work, they did yoga, they did meditation. So in collaboration with Larissa, I was able to put together, you know, this whole program and now we're doing virtual office yoga for corporate clients. We just launched the program last week. I was working for weeks with Dean to build out the program, create the way that it's going to run because we do things, you know, if you're doing it virtual, it's done a specific way. We're also very into team building. So we create breakout rooms, let them have conversations. Then they come back to the main meeting room after the experience, talk about what it was like for them to have the ability to connect with their co-workers too so, so th- there's like all this cool stuff happening at the same time so dean and i built out the program together every week we would meet it was so much fun to be really creative and to combine everything that i do the hosting with the yoga with the wellness with the nutrition
0: Amazing. It's, it really it's is so
1: cool yeah and now now i'm able to help hopefully people book yeah <laughs> if anybody's listening if anybody's listening yeah it's I'm so excited to be able to take these practices into the office space.
0: So now what, what kind of yoga can you do with most of those people that you're working with? Like, you know, are you limited? I I guess you are limited to the space that they're in. Are they all in the same space or is it something like where they're all logged on to different computers and stuff like that?
1: So it's both. So some people are in a shared office space. Most people are in a work from home space though. Some people are working together I do chair yoga. So it's everything's in the nice. chair. That's perfect oh, chair. Yeah. So everything's right in your chair. I do the breath work in the chair, the meditations in the chair. We do chair yoga. Even if people have office chairs that have arms, it's okay. Cause I do everything forward facing. Nice. Yeah.
0: So now, um, so now, so that just started, you said you just started that recently.
1: We, we just launched it last week. Yes.
0: Nice. That's so that's exciting. Hmm. um have you worked with anyone yet
1: we did a practice we always do play tests with the staff just to try it out to make oh. sure that it flows properly and then they give us feedback and things that we can change I thrive on feedback a lot of people might not but I I think it's being used to working with directors and working you know as an actor in a collaborative environment I thrive on feedback I'm like how what can I do to get better <laughs> you know and like it's okay. Give me the feedback. Don't worry about it. Like sometimes people are nervous to upset you, you know, to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm like, no, give, give me all the feedback. I, I, I actually have
0: a hard time giving feedback. I don't, I don't know. It's not that I have a hard time giving feedback. I have a hard time, I guess, being okay with sounding critical. I don't know. I, I, and I realized that about myself in the yoga teacher training, I would hesitate to give a stop like with the keep, stop, start, sometimes I would hesitate mm-hmm. to give a stop because that imposter syndrome would come in and I would say like, you know, who are you to tell anyone to stop doing anything? Like, you know, you're in the same learning process. We're in the same realm that they are. Um, but I, I guess if you're coming from a place of just trying to be honest and learn, I guess it's not going to sound like that. I don't I don't know how you've gotten comfortable with giving feedback or how you got comfortable receiving feedback because that, that's a huge component too to growing and learning.
1: Yeah. I I feel like I always liked feedback, which is interesting. Mm. For me though, I did struggle with giving feedback when I first started my teacher training. I still never want to tell people like, oh stop, because it um I have that people pleaser in me too, which yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't wanna, I don't want them to not, but you know what? You're asking me for feedback, so right. I'm gonna give it to you. But you know what too? It's interesting that you're saying, oh, you know, you're in the same boat as them, but you're also a practitioner, right? Right. Right. So do the classes or something that somebody's doing leave you feeling a certain way.
2: Right. It's a good way so, to
1: think. Yeah. yeah. I remember somebody gave me a gave me a really good stop once. Which was interesting. They they were like, stop. It was something. It, somebody told me, stop using music with lyrics.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: Okay. Some people don't like that in their practice. Right, that's yeah. Okay. But, but right then, like that kind of feedback made me realize, you know what? This is all going to be personal to the person that's telling me the feedback. It's going to be yes. about their experience. So it's all okay. Right. It's like, a, okay, it's, you don't like yep. it? The next guy might like it right like, it's, so it's, cool.
0: it's, it's really interesting that that all of your interests and all the things that you learned and all the skills that you acquired like you know say over the last five to ten years or so came to a like a meeting point now but like you're talking about where you can integrate that breath work the mindfulness yoga wellness nutrition all of that in in one setting I, I and i forget who it was that said i think it might have been jeff bezos um, the Amazon CEO, I think he said something like, "You can only make sense of your life, or you could you could write, like you know, a masterpiece only if you look back. Like you know, as you're going forward, life's not going to really make sense, especially if you're following those curiosities like we're talking about. But when you look back, it it turns into a masterpiece most of the time because you can only make sense of it then. And and like you're talking about, you probably would have never guessed that you would have been in the spot that you're in right now." Right. I'm assuming
1: never, never in a million years. No, it's it's mind blowing, mind boggling. But like I was working like five years ago with the friends of mine who um, Tony Hanson, who owns Phoenix Studios. I don't know if you're familiar with the rehearsal and recording no. studios on Staten Island. He was looking for somebody to host a show called Staten Island Pizza for his space. So I started hosting it. But unfortunately, like nothing ever came of it. But when I was working with him, I started interviewing pizza, pizza restaurant owners on Staten Island. They all had these incredible stories, too. Right. But that's not, even, that's not even my point. I'm getting so off track. But my point was he, Tony, said to me, he said, look at all the jobs you've had in your past. Mm. He's like, you worked in television production. You know, he's like, oh, you practice yoga. You, you worked in, I worked in um, commercial scheduling too like but it was still television he's like you hosted you do all these things he's like it all feeds in together so it was really he was the first one that told me that and since then I always look from that space and I'm like wow everything I'm doing led me to hosting
0: so now what do you look to host anything different in the future or are you looking to explore different areas of hosting
1: yeah so um I a year last year I hosted I was doing um, the cannoli and the zeppoli eating contest at cool. the San Gennaro Feast in Little yeah. Italy. It was so much fun to do something like that. Uh, the same the same guy actually won the cannoli eating contest this year and nice. we became friends like we keep in <laughs> touch now. So nice. I made I made like a really good friend, a new friend. I also hosted, a few weeks ago, I hosted the Staten Island Film Festival, the first ever oh. Summer of Shorts Film Festival. I was th- I did the red carpet. That was the first time I had ever done a red carpet. Nice. I was terrified. The person that I was supposed to have do my cameras bailed. My brother ended up showing up. My brother's also a performer. So he, he, he's great. My brother, oh, the two of us are always, like, supporting each other a lot. Nice. Like, we, we're readers for each other for auditions. We film that, each other's stuff that. always. It's so cool to have, like, that you need, like, that community. You need that support.
0: You need, that support. You need it
1: so bad. My poor husband is always auditioning me, always <laughs> filming stuff for me. But they just show up. So, anyway, so at the last minute, my cameraman bailed So my brother filmed it and we're standing there this was the first time I had done a film festival on a red carpet I was so nervous my brother turns to me and he said I think you might want to consider doing this more nice. and I was like oh that was interesting and you know what that was the first time I, that was when my hosting coach said to me consider this practice and I was wow. able to have fun I was able to be in the moment I just let my myself talk I caught it. I was like, okay, I see the fear. It's there, right? Making friends with with what's with, with what is showing up. Right. That was showing up. I made friends with it. I said, okay, the fear is there, but I'm gonna show up and do it anyway.
0: That's amazing. So now, what is it about those events that that you like? Is it that they're live or in person or?
1: I've been told that I do better with less prep. That's what I've been told, which wow. is interesting because because I'm like an preparer. So I think it's that it's the, the actual authentic connections that you get to make.
0: That's really interesting because I, 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 like we were talking about with hosting in general and just being prepared or not, or over preparing, I tend to think I sometimes do better when I don't prepare as much too. And when I just get present with who I'm talking with and why, and if I just stay connected to that, why the conversation ends up going great. So I, I I can totally see that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like, where else in your life does that happen?
0: <laughs> yes, no, it's true. It's That's true. Because that, that being prepared, I think, makes us feel more secure, or it makes us think that we're going to have a better outcome. I don't know what it is.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have a few questions in your back pocket.
0: Definitely.
1: So I did like I did my research on these people. I knew who they were when they when they came to the carpet. I knew what their film was, but it was really cool because a lot of the films hadn't premiered yet. They were premiering at the film festival. So I got to ask really authentic questions about the films.
0: So it, so, it was so, kind of fun. Right. So so then no one saw them at that point. And that's why you were, I guess, seeing them with everyone else like in that in that moment. Yeah. That's cool.
1: That was really fun.
0: So now um, you said that you might want to create a podcast in the future.
1: Yeah. I, You know, I'm just so, I just love hosting. That's the thing. I love connecting to people. Like I say, if, if you like... love
0: hosting, then you have to have a podcast.
1: <laughs> but I have my YouTube channel too. So I right. film, so I'm filming, I film my brother, pull my brother, pull my husband. They film a lot of my cooking episodes that I'm doing.
0: Right, so now I, I saw your YouTube channel too. So now um, you have a ton of uh, nutrition information on there, different uh, food information. So now what's your goal with that? Are you gonna keep that nutrition food-based or health-based and stuff like that?
1: Probably, it'll probably say health. It's because I'm right. mostly health and wellness. but But I'm thinking, I'm like, but there's other, that's the thing about me. And I, a lot of people say this word and sometimes I'm like, oh, here we go again. Multifaceted, right? So mm-hmm. I, but I, but I am because I do lots of different things, but everything I do connects. Yeah. It's all really connected. So I don't know. I think the, I think I'm going to pull because All Inspire has its own channel. I think I'm going to just going to pull those episodes and everything's just going to come under Amanda Garjulo. Right. What do you, what do you search? You search my name. Right. Right. Not, so it's all under me, it's all there. <laughs>
0: It's all related ultimately.
1: Yeah, it is. Everything I do fe- really does feed in, like just like what you're saying. I, w- I was
0: in. talking about it with the guy in my last episode, the guy Case, and he was mentioning, you know, when we grew up, uh, the people with the most influence were the big celebrities, you know, the people with a nighttime show or, you know, a newscaster or an actor. Um, but there are so many people now that are creating their own. Channels, their own podcasts that you would think that it's watered down and that it's not important. But ultimately, what I think is going to shine through is people's authenticity because a lot of, you know, celebrity or influence back in the day wasn't really as authentic as I feel a lot of content is now. I feel like authenticity um, is is really what people are looking for, whether they think it or not. Like, you know, when you're looking for your news source or you're looking for your uh, person that provides health information, like, you know, people are going to Twitter. People are going to YouTube. People are using those sources to try to find an independent, authentic person to listen to. That's why even as I'm on on a similar journey to you, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I have this itch to communicate, to connect, to relate. I love health. I love wellness. Um, you know, I, I don't have the extent of a nutrition background that you do, but, um, you know, I could share some things that I've learned and that I've experienced. So anytime I'm trying to think about how to present it or how to move forward, I have to just try to focus on being authentic and just following that curiosity, because I think that will impact people in the greatest way. Cause I think that's ultimately what we're looking for. Because I think we've gone so long without really getting that. I don't I don't know your take on that, but that that's kind of where my head's at with it.
1: Yeah, no, I think I definitely agree with your sentiment and I see it, I see it happening not only with people searching, but also with with jobs, with postings. Mm. They want everybody, everything now they want is real. Yes. Even even when you're talking about people who are advertising their products on Instagram and TikTok, they want people creating user generated content. UGC, I don't know if you've heard of that term. It's not, they're not looking for actors or performers anymore. They're looking for people that actually use the products and like them, like brands, brands, you know, ambassadors, people that actually love the products and they love them so much that. They're genuinely sharing their experience with them.
0: That's, I, I completely agree. And um I, I could see it in just things that I'll share on Twitter or Instagram. It's kind of like when I get the most vulnerable, that that's when I get the greatest response. and i'm I'm trying to use that as my beacon a little bit when it comes to what I'm sharing. Like, you know, when it comes to maybe putting out, yoga videos for jujitsu athletes. Cause I, I love jujitsu and I love yoga. And I've had a few guys at my gym ask me to make yoga videos. And, uh, in that imposter syndrome pops up and it's saying, you know, there's so many good yoga instructors on YouTube. There's so many, like, you know, this, that, and I just have to lean into the fact that no, if I'm sharing my authentic self, maybe I could share something that might help someone or it might, you know, land with someone Better than someone else, so I have to keep taking those same leaps that you're talking about too.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're somebody who lives lives it. Like you talk about jujitsu a lot. Right. I, I like. I actually want to know more about it because <laughs> I see the connections between the two practices that you have. Right. Like there's. It's it so seems, interesting it seems-
0: comparing the two, and I'm still trying to make sense of the relationship between the two. I've had some people call jujitsu like, you know, murder yoga and uh, it's, it's, it's like okay. a little bit of an intense term, but I think about it. I'm like, okay, like I'm trying to put other people in like, you know, uncomfortable positions in yoga. I'm trying to help people open up their body and, you know, get their body into better condition. But the, the practice of, or between the two is very similar in a lot of ways that mm-hmm. I feel like I can't really articulate yet, but mm-hmm. they definitely go hand in hand for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like so you're living it. Yeah. So who who better to right. learn from.
0: Right. I have to keep telling so, myself that.
1: Yeah, so rather than say why say why not.
0: Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm going to use
1: that. I'll call, I'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: amanda This oh, is
1: uh... and so- Somebody said somebody said too, who am who am I to share this? But then you can say, who am I not to share this?
0: That's, yeah. Right. It's true.
1: Who are you not to? It's your it's your life. It's your lifestyle.
0: And and that, that's that's what I see you doing too. And that's why you you're very inspirational. And uh I I love what you're doing. And um I'm gonna keep following what you're doing now, especially that I know more about your path and your journey. Um so as soon as you have a podcast, I would love to uh, be on it and just talk more about this stuff. Um, I, I every person I've had on so far, I've loved the conversation so much that I invite them back for a second one before we're even done. So, um, I'm gonna listen to this episode back a couple times, and I, I usually take notes on what we touched on, and then I'm definitely gonna prepare for a second one because I feel like I could talk with you for hours about this stuff. And hopefully, if I could get a space in person I would like to do them in person too because I feel like that creates for the better connection too
1: mm-hmm. yeah I'm down thank I, you I'm excited
0: yeah, yeah. I, I I really appreciate you spending this time
1: oh, thank you for having me on it's really honestly it's an honor it's an honor to be able to say that I got to spend time with you and to connect with your view with your listeners too yes
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm yeah no I I try to I try to keep these around like an hour hour and 15 Mm -hmm. um we're at an hour and 15 so that flew by like it felt like maybe 15 20 minutes and to me Mm -hmm. that's how I know that we had genuine authentic conversation I feel like that's what the world needs a little bit more Mm -hmm. of
1: yeah thank you because I was nervous coming on and talking to you not gonna lie no
0: not at all no no. you're you're great this is awesome
1: okay thank you